So it's really great, um, yeah, it's great to just be able to share and unpack with you more of the Beatitudes. I don't know about you, but um, I've just really enjoyed this series, just going really slowly through scripture and just taking time to really um, unpack each line. Um, and just kind of, I keep coming back to like my behaviours, I'm like, oh, I keep coming back to that Beatitude or that Beatitude of what Jesus says. Um, so for those of you who don't know, it's your first time, um, or you're fairly new to Kafagalady, um, my name's Rachel, um, so I, um, married to Alan, mum to Kayla, moved here just over a year ago to Anglesey from Loughborough, um, which is why we know the guys that are with us today really, really well. Um, so I lead the team, um, the church plant team here at Lighthouse Church, fantastic team, um, that yeah, that I guess um, just pull their hearts into serving this community and leading this community. So that's a real privilege. Um, so, Melanie Davis, I'm going to so I'm a full-time mum, apart from one day where I get to be released and do a day for church, which is really good. Um, but I love being with Kate Levin, just pouring into him. So, if you've been around the last few weeks... Just really quick, really quick recap test for you, so you've been listening. And just chat with the person next to you. We are on verse 9 at the moment, Matthew 5, verse 9. Before you open the Bible, what can you remember so far? So blessed are... dot, dot, dot. How many of you can remember so far? Off you go. My money is on John Rippon remembering all of them. So if you can beat John... <laughs> Bibles or if you use your phone or there are Bibles on the sides if you like me and you just love 
holding a physical Bible and turning the, the pages. Turn with me to Matthew 5, verse 9. So, well, short English translations, whichever um, you, you tend to read it. So Matthew 5 verse 9, and if you're in your Bibles, is the, Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. Um, so yeah, so here we go. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Mae'r haes yn hyrwydd o heddwch wedi bendithion fawr. Oherwydd fyddwn nhw'n cael eu galwn blant dyw. Mae'r haes yn hyrwydd o heddwch wedi eu bendithion fawr. Oherwydd fyddwn nhw'n cael eu galwn blant dyw. Does anyone watch um, Friday Night Dinner? Yeah, okay. So you'll know what the, the Hebrew meaning for peace is. Um, but for those of you who don't know, it's, it's shalom, okay? And it's more, like particularly in the Bible, it's, it's most commonly used to like a state of affairs, like some one of well-being, like tran- tranquility, um, prosperity and security, circumstances unblemished by any sort of defect. And so like when people say shalom, it's more than just like peace in terms of, you know, peace like hippie peace, like, oh yeah, peace and love, it's like, you greet someone with shalom, peace, it's like, I want wholeness for you, it's like a blessing of wholeness, and, and um, like, it's a blessing of, like, divine grace beyond you, it's like a really, really beautiful, powerful greeting, blessing to people, so the whole idea of, of peace is like, knowing who you are, so much that there is just such an inner peace that nothing like really phases you. Whatever kind of circumstances are happening, there's this really deep peace going on. And then, um, I don't know about you, but peace is spoken about so much in Scripture. Like the New Testament is just all over the place, Paul particularly, but talks about peace. And it's often a sign or like a distinctive of the kingdom of God. So, like, one of the key distinctives of the, of the kingdom of God is that there is peace. People carry peace. So, like, you know when you go to certain places, there's, like, a real feel about the place or a distinctive of an area. So, like, I don't know if you guys who are visiting from Loughborough have noticed that Anglesey, you can often tell someone's from Anglesey because there's, like, a little word that we add at the end of every sentence. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Everything's yeah. You okay? Yeah. You okay? Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. And so you can often tell someone who's from Anglesey because they'll just have that little yeah at the end. It's like a distinctive of the of the language of just kind of like the cultural yeah at the end. It's the same with like little things that I can see in Caleb. So like it's like a distinctive of his dad. I mean, if you look at him, he really looks like Alan anyway. Fitty. <laughs> But, Caleb has this thing, I can't do it. You know with your toes, his big toe, he like, 
can like lift it up and he's always bent it backwards. Now I can't do that because of the way my toes work. But like Alan can do the exact same, he does it all the time. So it's like just a little distinctive of Caleb that I'm like, oh, you're so like your daddy's son because he does that as well. It's a bit weird, but it's like a distinctive. I can tell where you come from. And I think that's what God's, like when Jesus is saying, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. I think it's Jesus saying, like, the kingdom of God is peace. Like, peace is just a characteristic. If you come from the kingdom, you're a peaceful person. You know, if you come from Anglesey, you'll probably say, yeah, at the end of the sentence. If you come from the kingdom of God, you carry peace. And so, like, the children of God... The children of God, Jesus is saying you're expected to carry like the characteristics of God, the characteristics of the kingdom. Just like Caleb has the, the kind of little weird characteristic of his dad with the weird toe thing. It's like, if we say we follow God, if we say we follow Jesus, then we're carriers of the presence of God. So that everywhere we go, not just waiting until we get to heaven, until we die, but there's something now here on earth, bringing the kingdom here on earth, that we are carrying the presence of God. Therefore, that should look like we're living with a lot of peace. That's a real challenge, though. We are children of God. If, he's a, if you've accepted Jesus, if you've made a commitment to follow him, then we are children of God because we carry his presence. Hebrews 12, 14. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Because <coughs> without holiness, no one will see the Lord. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. Both of those verses is not just saying be at peace with everybody. It's saying make every effort. You have to pursue it. Because funnily enough, peace doesn't really come natural to humans. I don't know if you've noticed, like... If you're married, you've probably noticed that even though you like probably have lots of similarities because that's what drew you together to start off with, but there are stuff that really frustrate you about the other person, and you have to work hard at it at bringing peace into the home. Brothers and sisters, even though you're like raised the same, there's there's not always peace. Apart from the ripping girls, of course, they get on all the time. <laughs> But, but we do, there's differences, and we struggle, and peace kind of disappears. But there's a real challenge, isn't there, in those verses, because if you call yourself a Christian particularly, it's like, but what about righteousness? What about holiness? 
We talked a few weeks ago, didn't we, about hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And so we live in this tension of, I'm not just going to let stuff happen that's not good. So if I see, like, stuff happening in the world that is not okay or people being treated badly, I'm not just going to say, oh, yeah, peace and love, carry on, because we just need to be friends, like... You want to challenge it, because there's something about, we've got to turn away from evil, away from sin, it's the wrong stuff in the world that God says, and say to God, no, we want holiness. So that was a few verses back, so Jesus made it really clear that you don't compromise holiness, but you have to pursue and make every effort for peace. It's like, Jesus, this list is getting long, and this is getting harder and harder to try and balance all of them. There's, um, again, I've said this a lot, but there's such, a, there's such an intentionality in the order that Jesus goes through the Beatitudes. Because you, you can't pursue peace until you've got the righteousness first. I think Jesus says that really intentional, that he talks about the righteousness before the peace. You've got to pursue holiness first. That's what sets you apart as the people, the chosen people of God. You've got to pursue holiness first. But on top of that, even when you disagree with people, you have to make every effort to be at peace with them. And in our society, we have a really strong sense of justice. So like often where peace breaks down is because we're like, but that's not fair, I want justice. And it's really interesting of like how we spend our money says a lot about our heart, doesn't it? And like, you know, we'll, we'll spend a bit on church and giving in church and like we'll, we'll give quite a lot to our physical health, money-wise, but people spend loads of money on court and like lawyers and everything like that for justice. There's like a real strong sense that, well, this, you know, I will fight until I get justice. And I think... It, you know, if you follow Jesus, there's a real tension there because God is a God of justice and God really values holiness. But he's also saying that you have to make every effort to live at peace with one another. And I think that's a particular challenge that, Jesus, uh, that Paul is saying there for, for Christ followers. Within church communities, make every effort to live in peace with everyone, to seek peace and pursue it. Charles Spurgeon, obviously, because I've been reading this book on the Beatitude, but he says, peaceableness is never to be a compact with sin or an alliance on what is evil. So, I'll say that again, peaceableness is never to be a compact with sin or an alliance with what is evil. So you, you can't just try and people, people please to keep peace if it compromises holiness. We have um, this thing in our marriage. Alan gets so annoyed with me. Because whenever he's like hurt by somebody or like just wants to have a rant about something that happens at work, I always say, oh yeah, but they're probably thinking this, or maybe they felt like this. Or maybe this is what they were thinking. And he's like, no, don't tell me what they were thinking, just agree with me. 
And he gets really frustrated, but it's like, so I could just say, oh, yes, Alan, you're totally right. And keep the peace. But for me, there's just something about, yeah, but there's, but there's some stuff there that, there's probably, you know, some stuff that you've done there that's not totally blameless. And so it's that tension, isn't it, of pursuing righteousness, but also pursuing peace with one another. And it's particularly hard in our society because, like, speaking our mind and being true to ourselves and saying what we think, like freedom of speech, is like a really admirable thing in our society, isn't it? It's like people who get far in life are the people who say what they think. And I think that's a... You know, we've taken that on as Christians as well, of, oh, yeah, but I, I will say what I think about stuff. And Jesus can, you know, if you read Matthew 10, 34, you know, he says, do not suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. It's like, Jesus, five, five chapters ago, you were talking about peace, and now you're saying, like, I've not come to bring peace to the earth, I can't, you know, bring a sword. It's a real tension of, like, for him, it was like, you know that if you decide to follow me, if you pursue holiness, if you give every area of your life to God, no matter how much you pursue peace, if you're pursuing holiness, people won't like you in certain areas. And we'll be unpacking this a bit next week, those who are persecuted. There is persecution that comes, no matter how hard we try to live in holiness and peace. There will inevitably be persecution, and that's what I think Jesus is saying there. But often, we mix that up with protecting and defending our own pride and our own ego. And like, we, you know, it's seeped into the church as well. Of, this person has like, disagrees with me on this, whatever it is. Or they spoke to me a bit sharply, or they disagree with, you know, this aspect of raising children, or this aspect. And it's like, we've really struggled to be able to lay down our own thoughts, our own pride and, and ego that come, can come attached to stuff. And we fight really, really hard to protect our own kind of value, our purpose, at the extent sometimes of peace with a brother or sister. I had an amazing conversation recently um, with somebody who had been really hurt by somebody. And, um, and she had good reason to, like some of the behaviours were not, were not great. And she was like, this happened, I'm feeling really hurt. And she was just amazing because she was talking through it and she was like, but actually, the reason why I bit back, the reason why I kind of told him what I thought, stood up for myself, was actually probably not so much because of justice, but it was probably because of my own ego, being a bit bruised and defending my own pride. She was just amazing. She was just like, so actually, I need to forgive and say sorry, don't I? I was just like, wow. Like, here's you who's like genuinely got good reasons to be hurt, and yet just allowed God to like 
convict you of pride, convict you of your ego to then be able to forgive and take responsibility. Romans 12, 10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. And this conversation I had was just like this beautiful expression of this. That although her pride had been her, she was choosing to honour someone above themselves. And she said, she, she was like, because he's my brother in Christ. He may frustrate me. I may not agree with the way he goes about things. There's some behaviours there that I really don't like. But he's my brother because the blood of Jesus has made us family. Philippians 4.2 kind of echoes this heart. I do not know how to say these names. They were not on the baby list. I plead with Euodia and I plead with Sintich, however that says, to be of the same mind in the Lord. I plead with them, Paul says, to be in the same mind in the Lord. Because we will disagree about so much and we will hurt each other because of our behaviours. Bad behaviours that we've picked up along the way from our upbringings, from our own insecurities, that, yeah, we need, to, we need to work through. But we need to know that ultimately, we have been forgiven by our Heavenly Father. And therefore, we forgive those who hurt us. Trying to understand humans, I think, is the biggest challenge because we're so different. And I want you to just think about people that you're friends with, whether it's in school, at work, at the school gate, your neighbours that you've naturally clicked with more than others. And I bet they have a, a similar upbringing to you, similar educational background, similar class system. They might even look like you. And generally, we're scared of anything a bit different or people that we don't understand. And that's why I'm like a huge fan of things like Myers-Briggs and um, this fantastic book called The Five Love Languages. And if you are married and not read The Five Love Languages, I'm like, read it, because it will help you understand your partner so much better. We've had like so much breakthrough in the way that we communicate and understand each other because of this. And I love them, and I know, you know some people are like, oh, don't put me into a box, and I agree with that. <laughs> But I think anything that helps me understand why other people behave in different ways to me helps me to be able to separate the person, their behaviours, from who they are. So anything that allows me to separate their behaviours from who they are really helps me just depersonalise when things don't quite go the way I want, or they have different ideas to me, or, like, I just don't understand the way they think. And that happens, like, isn't there? There's some people that you're like, I really don't get how you process things and come to make decisions. And we can often take offence to that, but I, I'm feeling really challenged recently to just learn to be like, it's okay if I don't totally understand the way you think and if it's really different to me. 
But if you're in a church context, I want to be committed. Even if your behaviours I don't like, I want to love you because God has made us brothers and sisters. And therefore, you're part of my family. I want to see people the way that God created them to be, even if some behaviours are hurtful or frustrating. God says right at the beginning of Genesis to Adam and Eve, when they've messed up, if you know the story, what have you done? He's challenging their behaviour. What have you done? And it's behaviours that often we find really difficult to deal with. And for Lighthouse Church community, I want us to just learn to be able to separate behaviour from who the person is. So we love people and dislike the behaviour. Bringing kingdom to earth means pursuing that distinctive of the kingdom, which is being carriers of peace here on earth. We so often in our society struggle with the idea of community and people. For God so loves the world, our Father, who are in heaven. And in our culture, it, like individualistic, we've made about it, my Father who art in heaven. For God so loved me. And yeah, if you were the only person on the planet, God would have sent Jesus to die for you. But you're not. And so he didn't. He did it for all mankind. And so there's a real challenge for us as Christians to say, even though it's hard and I know I will get hurt and everything in me always wants justice for myself, for my family or my friends, but I will make every effort to pursue peace for they will be called children of God. So I want to invite the band back up and I want us um, to spend some time worshipping. But before we do that, I want, us, um, I want us to say the Lord's Prayer together if you know it. And if you don't, that's fine. But just like if you want to close your eyes and just hear the words being prayed over you. And... Uh, Let's just not worry about all the different versions that will come out. That's okay, the heart is still the same. But I think when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he was so, again, intentional with the way he says, our Father, is a collective to this. I am just going to ask for the Holy Spirit to just bring up any people that, like, you're still really bitter towards, or you've kind of just thought, well, they said this, so therefore they're dead to me, or just, they're no good. 
And I just want to ask the Holy Spirit to just speak to each and every one of us about who it is that we need to give, to forgive, and who it is that God's saying, actually, no, you need to pursue peace, because I've pursued peace with you. <coughs> so let's pray the Lord's Prayer together.